0: It is with a great good morning that we welcome all of you here this morning. We're grateful for God's protected hand, and and also realize that we may have some friends and relatives who right now are facing storms—some literal, some not so literal. Storms of life can come in the form of hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes. But they can also come in the form of losing jobs, family relationships, and also health. So this morning we're here to not only ask the Lord that his hand of mercy would be upon those who are facing literal storms, but his hand of grace would be upon those who are going through the other kinds. Let's pray together. Father, it is with great joy, and certainly it is with great comfort to know that we can come before you as a child and cry out to you, Abba, Father, Daddy. It's good to know that you hear. It's great to know that you listen. And it's wonderful to know that you will move in ways that will honor yourself and all that we ask. It's heavy upon our hearts this morning, Lord, as we come before you to realize that some of us do have family members who are in the path of the storm that is right now about to ravage the state of Florida. It's already left its mark as it's come through the Caribbean islands. The devastation that they are calling for as it hits the mainland in Florida, all of us, we, we can't even imagine what that's going to look like. And we can, we can close our fists and shake it at you and say, God, why? But we can also open our hands and lift them to you and almost say, why not? I pray, O God, that in this particular storm, though we are not aware of this being of your judgment, but we are aware of the fact that you've allowed it to happen. In this storm, O Lord, I ask for your mercy. I pray, O Father, that Your mercy would be that which allows individuals to be safe and allow them also to see your witness of who you are. I ask, O Lord, that as a country we would be aware of the need that we need to help in individuals' lives. And instead of pointing fingers, I I pray, O God, that we would open our hands. Heavenly Father, I don't know what is going to come of this situation. Nobody does. But I do pray, O God, and ask that A witness would arise, not a condemning witness in any way, but a witness would arise to draw people's attention to who you are. I pray, O God, that as families even now are fleeing from that area, that you would give to them mercy in traveling. Allow them to find a safe haven of rest whereby, O oh Lord God, they can be protected. Other storms, O oh Lord, have also been aware of here at church. I pray for Ray Gonzalez as we were awakened to the the fall that he took and the doctors have determined that in that fall he has a mild break in his pelvis it's not something that needs to be hospitalized no surgeries required but but still he is in pain I pray for him I ask, O Lord, in the midst of this particular situation, as he has to go through physical therapy to strengthen that area for healing, I pray for he and for Joan as they have the privilege of sharing the good news with the therapists that will come to their home. We know that's on their hearts. We know, Lord, that it has been Ray and Joan's passion of life to direct people to you. Now we, as church, may we, O oh Lord, step forward too and offer whatever help can we can do. Our hearts, Lord, too, are remembering our, our missionaries, the Pierce's, as what was once anticipated that the storm was not going to be a a huge problem for them. The storm has been redirected and now it may very well become huge. Pray for your protection of them, O God. Pray, O Father, that you would tenderly watch over them and keep them. We lift up to you also, Lord, our sister Ruth Bush as she is uh, facing a surgery. I pray, oh God, that you would give the doctors wisdom, and give to them, guide their hands as they perform this delicate surgery that she needs to remove a tumor. I ask, Lord, that the, the tests from that would come back oh Lord God where there's no cancer involved that's what we ask but we also laid in your hands that your will would be done I know that is the, the passion of Ruth they too have dedicated their lives to honoring you and so God use them for your honor and for your glory We come to your word this morning, Lord, in an anticipation of trying to understand certain circumstances of life. We refer to it as knowing and understanding the will of God. (coughs) Sometimes that can get clouded and I pray, O oh Lord, as we look into your word today, that it would become clear. Help me to speak truthfully in love. And that which I lack, I pray, O oh God, that you would fulfill. And that which we need, I ask, O oh Lord, that, Lord, that you would Supply. And that which we question, I pray, O oh God, that you would give us the answer. For all of these things come from your hand, and we're grateful that they are directed by your will. So, Lord, we praise you and thank you this morning. In the precious name of Christ, our Savior, we say these things. Amen. In our series about what does the Bible say about certain things, we've, we've covered a number of topics. Some of the more difficult ones are on the horizon. We will have to speak concerning some social issues and what the Bible has to say about that. But this morning I've I've come to this, I trust I've been led by the Holy Spirit to speak on what does the Bible say about discerning the will of God. Maybe that has been fueled by individuals who have asked me that question. Maybe it has been foundationally set and realizing, the sitting across from individuals and hearing of their life's story. And having a phrase that says something like this. I know this isn't God's will, but I want to say stop right there. Stop. Don't, don't go any further. Stop right there. But I'm also aware of it that we're faced every day with wondering what is the will of God for our lives. I will say this, that was it God's will for me to wear this jacket and these pants this morning? I don't know, I just chose them. There are times when in the will of God, he says, you choose, it'll be fine, whatever you wear, it'll be okay, I know what you're gonna choose, but that's okay, you go ahead and choose it anyway. We're given that sort of freedom. It's not really the, the Lord's will for you to go to McDonald's today. I, I don't know. If you choose to do that, go ahead. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. But there are certain things in life that we really search out the will of God. For my family and I began in 1982 this journey, wondering where is it that the Lord God was leading us to ministry. It began in 1982, the fall of 1982, where our journey began at Lancaster Bible College. And this one thing I've learned in following the will of God is that sometimes in the midst of the world of God, you'll have storms. Can I get an amen from the congregation? You will have storms. But that doesn't mean that God made a mistake. It may very well mean that he is teaching you, strengthening you for that which is ahead. In 1987, the Lord directed us to go to Portland, Oregon. Stayed there two years, and then the Lord decided to direct us, determined to direct us, back to Letton & Connie, Pennsylvania. And now we're here. How do you come to know, how do you realize that this is what God wants for your life? Four years prior to coming to this, to this wonderful situation, this wonderful ministry, I was sending out at least two to three resumes a week to other locales but God directed here how did I know that this is where God would have me basically because you're the only ones that said yes (laughs) (laughs) I mean uh, how do we determine the will of God If you wish to take some notes, that's fine. If not, I understand that too. But in discerning the will of God, first of all, I want to cover what the discerning of the will of God is not. It is not this. First one is false assumptions. False assumptions. The first false assumption that I see and i hear people saying is that many christians believe they will have a feeling of peace when it comes to discerning the will of god i don't know if that is always a good barometer why is that well sometimes following god's leading may lead to great fear and anxiety let me give you an example It's this, like going to someone you've hurt to apologize and seek forgiveness. That's God's will. Matthew chapter 18 is very clear on that. Yet that doesn't necessarily mean you'll have peace. It's a difficult situation. But it is God's will. That doesn't mean that God won't give you a sense of peace that will be guided by a reality of joy, even in the midst of what could be a very tumultuous situation. Driving 3,000 miles in a van with no air conditioning, Hauling a U-Haul trailer. Going from Lancaster, Pennsylvania to Portland, Oregon. That's a very tumultuous trip. Are we there yet? What are we going to do when we get there? I'm hot. She's touching me. All those things. And then when we get to the west or the east coast of Oregon. All along I've told my wife I've been to Portland. I flew in. It's beautiful. It's green. It's lush. It's lovely. The, the east end of Portland is desert. And my wife said you lied to me. Having Peace. And having a sense of peace sometimes is not a good way to understand the will of God. Because our feelings and our emotions can be so fickle that to depend on them as an indicator of God's will is like deciding to go to work based upon the weather. When individuals who are about to go contrary to the word of God, based upon a sense of feeling, is a very dangerous place to go. But they want to sense, doesn't God want me to be happy? Dangerous. The second assumption is this, a false assumption is that God will do something to keep me from making a mistake and following his will. He'll do something. There was an author who wrote a series of books to highlight, if you will, the the spiritual battle that goes on in, in an individual's life. And after reading those books, you can come to some kind of an agreement to sense the fact that, wow, driving down the road and all of a sudden my car stops, it must be a demonic thing. That's a dangerous place to be. And so, perhaps according to this theory... God will give us a visible sign from heaven to keep us from going in the wrong direction. Now, take it for what it's worth, but this is my own belief. I've heard believer people say, well, I'm going to lay out a fleece like Gideon did to know God's direction if you go back and read that account Gideon already knew what God wanted him to do because God told him do this and Gideon decided well I'm going to lay out a fleece to make sure and he got his answer the first time and then he wanted to do it again to make sure again Laying out what's called a fleece before God happened in the life of Gideon. I'm here to tell you that may not be for you. May not be for you. In this particular thing, in reality, however, is that it's It's easy to look for God's voice in the wrong places. Especially if we're not accustomed to listening to his spirit within our hearts. The storm that right presently is ravaging Florida reminded me of a story of an individual who, like many in Florida will, their home, his home was flooded. And he found himself on top of a roof, and he began to cry out to God, God, save me. And pretty soon, a rowboat comes by and tries to coax the guy off. He said, no, 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 I've already prayed to God, and and he's going to save me. And the guy goes on. Pretty soon, a larger boat from the U.S. Coast Guard comes by and says, Come on, we'll help you. No, no, I prayed to God. He's going to save me. Then a helicopter came by. The guy lowered down and said, come on, I'll take you up. And the guy said, no, I prayed to God. He's going to save me. As the day went on and night came, the individual cried out to God, God, when are you going to save me? And he says, I already sent three people. Sometimes looking for signs from God. God's voice can be unheeded as to what his plan is. Because we have a determination of what sign we want to see. The part of this too that draws our attention is that there's also a belief that apart from what God specifically states in Scripture to do or not to do, we're on our own. Can do whatever you want to do. Therefore, it does not matter what you do as long as you don't go against Scripture. However, this particular theory often limits the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit does speak through the Word of God, and he also works through other means as long as they do not contradict the Word of God. We'll get to that a little bit later. I'm also aware of the fact that there are instances in the Word of God that speak specifically to the will of God in our life. Let me give you five, and these are not exhaustive, these are just five examples. The key passages. First one, and first Thessalonians five, sixteen to eighteen, or sixteen to twenty two, in verse eighteen it says, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It begins in that passage by saying, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That is the will of God. The second is Ephesians 5, verse 22 to 33. This is a specific, if you will, guidance of Scripture as to the relationship between a husband and wife. This is God's will for family, for marriage. Not to make sure that children, you are not exempt. In Ephesians 6, 1-4, This are specific guidelines that children are supposed to follow. This is God's will for their lives. And Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, it's the armor of God passage. Put on. Take up. And each one of those imperatives have examples. You are to put on the whole armor of God. You are to take up the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. And then... Romans 12, 1 and 2, present yourselves, a living sacrifice. So that, it says in verse 2, that you may be able to know what is that good and perfect will of God. Each one of these passages have something in common. They're called imperatives. They are commands. It's a passage where God is not asking for your opinion. He's demanding your obedience. When a state trooper throws his lights and his siren on you as he's following you, he's not asking for your opinion. He's demanding your obedience pull over. That's what an imperative is in the Greek. God is not asking for our opinion. He's demanding our obedience. Those are specifics of the will of God. But what about the times when the word of God does not speak directly to your particular situation? What do we do? There are components that we need to use in order to discern the will of God in our life the first one is this your relationship with Jesus Christ <coughs> your relationship of Jesus Christ is in knowing him loving him obeying him talking with him and seeking him. If you want to know the will of God, your relationship with Jesus Christ is top priority. In other words, it's relating to him that that we will come to know his will. Let me give you a Bible verse. It's John 10 Verse 14, but specifically verse 27, which says, My sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. If your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is not what we would say good, trying to find out his will for your life you're missing out because you're not listening for his voice. When you miss his voice, you won't know what he's saying. Now some of you are already questioning the fact is, does God still speak? Yes, he does in his word. And he also speaks to us by his spirit in the very depths of our hearts. But if we're not in tune of hearing his voice, how will we know what he's telling us to do? Relationship with Christ is priority. The second is God's word. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And spending time reading God's word will allow God to speak to you and direct you in wisdom and guidance as you make a decision. The third is prayer. In James 1.5, it says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. In other words, we need to ask God for wisdom. God's word and prayer are the primary ways that the Holy Spirit directs our decision. And through asking, which is prayer, and seeking, which is time in God's word, the Holy Spirit will guide. The next one is, godly counselors. Let me rephrase that. Godly, biblical counselors. We, we have a tendency, don't we, to gather around us individuals who will totally agree with us on every situation. We like that. But godly biblical counselors may not be in your corner when it comes to a decision. They're going to be on God's side. And they're going to tell you what God says. Well, how do you know that? Well, hopefully in Proverbs 19:20 it talks about listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. That's what godly counselors do. Godly, biblical counselors. And By consulting with mature godly friends or family members, you benefit from their experience and perspective. If you have not yet spent time to sit down with a senior saint and glean from their years of wisdom, you're really missing out. He's not here this morning, but most likely he'll be here in second service. I love to sit down with Fred Phillips, I love to hear his stories of how God did things. And the wonderful thing about that is that he tells me God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Great opportunities to sit with senior saints and gloriously glean from them of what life really is all about. Take that opportunity once in a while. You think you're blessing them by visiting them. You'll come away blessed for what they'll tell you. It's important, too, to seek out a godly counselor who will tell you what you need to hear, not someone who tells you what you want to hear. The Lord also works in circumstances in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 it says, for, this, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He'll bring you to circumstances. Here's, God, here's an illustration of God's will for you. If the sign says bridge is out, you might want to stop. circumstances have a way of directing it. If, if I was in Miami, praying for God's will, should we or should we not leave? The 140 mile an hour winds and the 12 foot wave surges is good enough for me, I'm gone. I am not hammering down and thinking, I can outlast that storm. Circumstances sometimes play a huge, God will use them to direct you. God does use circumstances to direct us in understanding his will for our life. Finally, I want to look at How the Holy Spirit works in our lives. The leading of the Holy Spirit. There are three key passages there. The first one is John, verse 16, or chapter 16, verse 13, where it says, The Holy Spirit guides us. He guides us. In chapter 14, 15, and 16, It's called the Upper Room Discourse, and Jesus is spending his last hours with his disciples, instructing them about another comforter who is coming. His name is Holy Spirit. In chapter 16, he will guide you. In chapter 14, in verse 26, Jesus says he will teach you. He will teach you. And then in chapter 14, verses 14 and 26 again, it says the Holy Spirit is our helper, one who is called to the side of another. The Greek term is parakletos, not like the one I have in a cage in my office. That one works on my last nerve. I know Tweety is not Holy Spirit. parakletos, one who comes alongside. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. But there are three primary means the Holy Spirit conveys the will of God. The first one is the Holy Spirit speaks through the word of God. If you're being directed to go totally contrary to the word of God, I will tell you that is not the Holy Spirit's leading because he cannot direct you other than in the word of God. He will never work contrary to the word of God. If counselors are telling you to do something that is contrary to the word of God, Don't even pay the bill. Walk out. Because the consequences may be greater than what you wish to pay. The Holy Spirit reveals how God is working. What is God doing in our midsts? Holy Spirit will reveal that. And then the Holy Spirit will speak through the development of inner convictions. Now obviously for the Holy Spirit to speak we have to be willing to hear. We have to be willing to spend time in the word that he's using to direct us. Here's our conclusion. Where are you? If you're planning to do something that is totally against the word of God, don't do it. Don't do it. I plead with you. I warn you, don't do it consequences for your actions may be more than what you've planned for. Don't do it. But if you are planning to do something that is not against the word of God, then continue to pursue it. Continue to cultivate your life in the word of God and through prayer and and in close communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to pursue it until God may very well close a door. But he may very well lead you in the completion of where he will receive all the honor and the glory. We arrived in Portland, Oregon. Probably one of the hottest days of the year in that town. We had no idea where we were going to live. And yet, as we went to the seminary and recognized that there was an address that was close to the seminary. Cemetery, wow. Not a good advertisement for Western Conservative Baptist Seminary, is it? And as we were driving toward the seminary, my wife noticed the street sign that said Southeast Stephen Street. The address of this opportunity to rent was 1410 Southeast Stephen Street. Nancy said, I saw that. It's just over here. And we went there. Not knowing where God was going to lead us, we drove up to that particular address. The garage door was open. The car was in the, garage, in the driveway and I walked in. Introduced myself to the older gentleman that was there and told him why we were there. I'd like to rent a house. The next day on the phone in our hotel as we were waiting He calls us up and says, it's available. Sometimes in your journey of God's will, he opens doors. If you continue to pursue. God wants to receive all the glory. Who'd have thought from Lancaster, Pennsylvania to Portland, Oregon, there was a house that God was preparing for us. But we knew God's will. We didn't know all the outcome, but God honored Himself, and He got the praise and the glory and the honor. Great, great opportunity to see God's hand move. I, I trust that this particular study this morning will help you in any decision that that you're thinking about. May God receive all the honor and the glory. Can we close in prayer, please? Thank you, Father. We thank you for your will. We thank you for how you direct. Let us seek you. Let us worship you. May we follow you all the days of our lives. And then we will know that we will be in the will of God. For that, we thank you in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.